All right. I wonder how we did. Uh, I don't know. Um, guess we'll find yeah, out. Yeah, so 309 followers. Not a bad idea. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Or not so, a bad deal. I guess it's the idea. If the, in, our, in the idea, we have a million followers, but in reality, only 300. Gosh, I don't even know what to do with it. I mean, what do people who have millions of followers do? I mean, can you even interact with people at this point? Because it's just like drinking from a fire hose, isn't it? No, but it, interestingly enough, there is a guy that I follow. Um, he's the Headbangers Kitchen guy. Hang on, let me pull this up because I want to be speaking legitimately here. He has 3,028 followers. I consider that a pretty good number. Um, his YouTube following is much better, but he is very um, personal and interactive on Twitter, which mm-hmm. I think it'd be hard to do that at 3,000. Honestly, 10 times what we have right now, I think that'd be difficult. It would. We have a mutual friend, Matt Brailsford. He just crossed 3,000. Yes, I, I'm a Matt Brailsford fanboy. And it's a lot to do with his multi-talentedness. So he does the circuit beard. He does the Super Mario thing, uh, video game. It, does, circuit, does circuit beard have three grand followers? I don't know about circuit beard, but his personal handle is now over 3,000. I was watching it. And I was like, wow, he's getting a viral tweet here out of this Mario, so good for him. And I was watching his numbers. I think he gained like 500 followers over the weekend. It's, it was ridiculous. Good for him. Well, that was pretty awesome. Uh, oh, pretty yeah. awesome creation. Of course, uh, somebody already stole some of his pictures and reposted them on Instagram. And it kind of sparked a debate of is Instagram complicit with this practice of just stealing anyone's images? You know, whoever owns the rights be damned. Well, it's so hard. How would you, how would you monitor that? How would you track it? How would you, well, how would you penalize? I mean, like, how would you even be on top of it? Well, I mean, Twitter kind of sidesteps it by doing retweeting where you, you at least kind of have this integrity chain of this is where it came from. We're attributing it to the source. And the missing feature I find in Instagram is regramming. It's, it's, it's a concept that doesn't actually exist. We, we steal it from Twitter, retweet, regram. Well, regram, there is a regram app, right? There, There is, but there's friction. It's not first party, right? It's, right, right. It should be built in, without a doubt. Right. But so, still, in Twitter, I could right-click, save image as. I could probably even open it up and modify the metadata and then just post it as my own. Yeah, but if you look at it from a friction standpoint, what's easier? Hit retweet with comment or just retweet or go through that process. So... You have that choice on Twitter where the the path of least resistance is going to be retweet or whatever. Instagram, your path of least resistance is is a single path, which is <laughs> download it and send it back up to my own account. Right. But if that person is honestly stealing it, then the, the friction is not going to make a difference. You well, think that you- they're going to... If you can hit regram off of Circuit Beard, for instance, and yes, we're using this as the, the thing, then, you know, and there's some chain that says, oh, cool, let me see this image. You know, so this image now shows up on second account. But if you clicked on the image, there's now like a trail back to the original author. I think that's really all they need to do. So you're saying that it might be more accidental stealing than intentional. No, I think on Instagram it's on purpose. But if you allow for a, hey, let me take your content and put it on my page or whatever you call it on Instagram, but have a track back to the original author, I think that would solve a lot of these problems. So essentially it's like Pinterest. You know, Pinterest says, okay, content, you stay where you're at. I'm just going to put together a collection of this content. Right. And, so, and you can also repin, right? You can yeah. repin on Instagram or Pinterest, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so what was kind of dirty, and this is by no means just this account, but he started or she started removing Circuit Beard's comments that said, hey, this is mine. Do you mind giving me credit? I started commenting like, yeah, this is not his. And my comments started getting removed. Right. And that, so that person did intentionally steal the content. It wasn't an accidental because there's no way to regram. Right. And of course, I mentioned it to the at Instagram handle on Twitter to deaf ears, not like they have time for me. But um, but it's a bit being complicit in copyright rules and protections, if you ask me, because if the original author is like, hey, don't do that. And you allow the 
the the thief for lack of a better term to remove comments that call you out that's definitely not cool and oh by the way uh instagram is owned by facebook right and there should be able you should be able to cease and desist if you can prove ownership that's true hey like bob what are we able doing to- today <laughs> <laughs> sorry we totally just hijacked this episode well that's okay we can totally hijack the episode oh so did I totally talk over you doing the, what are we doing today? Hey, let's do it again. People will get uh, double their value out of this episode then. Or, All I, right. or I could maybe edit. That would be weird, but I could maybe edit. Oh, uh, you could, but then that's like work. So yeah. And we should just get to it. You are listening to the Bob and Kevin show with Bob Beatty bar and Kevin Gisheski. Each week we cover relevant tech and social issues related to technology. Our website is bobandkevin.show. And our episodes can be found virtually on any podcast network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Bob and Kevin Show. Hey, Bob, what are we doing today? Well, Kevin, uh, I want to share a real-life not first person, but a catfish story that hit very home, very local to my community. And I think we're going to uh, talk about Apple Blank Plus today. Uh, big announcements from Apple in a relatively unannounced special message would broadcast. I don't know what you'd call it. We can talk about it in a little bit. And uh, we're going to talk about how Facebook is pretty much giving us a prequel to a Black Mirror episode right in front of our very eyes. So I'm Bob from the Bob and Kevin show, and that other guy across the interwebs that sounds like he's in the same room as me is... I'm Kevin. It's great to be back here again this week, and uh, so I teed things up, uh, but I want to talk about this uh, real-life close-to-home catfish story that I wanted to share with you on air. I'm intrigued. Well, all right, so... I think a lot of towns have these, there's Facebook groups and it's like, what's happening in fill in the blank town. And, you know, at least in our area, there's pretty much one for every city along the river Valley and all that good stuff. But we have a what's happening in Batavia and someone in our community thought it was very funny to create a new page called things to complain about in Batavia. And it's actually, it's comedic gold. Um, because basically it's making fun of a lot of the posts that's in the other group that's supposed to be fairly legit, but it's really a caricature of its own self. And so this other site uh, really pokes fun at it. And there's some really great threads and it's really almost a, it's almost like a creative writer's paradise. But apparently somebody in the group took the creative license so far to establish other personas, but not as a comedic caricature-esque um, thing. So uh, somebody created a female persona who grew up in Stockholm, I believe, and was uh, recently transplanted to Batavia, been there several years. And the female persona was actually quite politically active. And there was a, a major vote that we had in our town last fall about retaining home rule or abandoning home rule. And this woman was actually a vocal supporter of keeping it. And full disclosure, I thought this woman was amazing. She's, you know, younger, politically active, full disclosure, easy on the eyes. And, um, but apparently, (laughs) apparently she liked women and this is where it gets interesting. So there would be all kinds of, this is a, a weird group where sometimes the, the cross chatter in a thread would get kind of adult oriented, but not like, not like crossing lines. But um, so it seemed like she was trying to establish relationships with some other women in the group. And then there were direct messages that started happening and it was happening with multiple female members in the group. And it just so turned out that one of the members knew the other member that was being engaged quite closely and they were able to determine there was some serious inconsistencies with the story. So fast forward a little bit um, because this woman became so popular she was invited. They started, they decided that they wanted to do a meetup, a Facebook group meetup in real life um, at one of our local bars. And conveniently, this woman 
had to be out of town. She had to go home uh, back to Stockholm to take care of some stuff. It's because she doesn't really <laughs> exist, right? Because she doesn't really exist. But then there were some political uh, rallies in town where she was invited to come be a supporting voice, and she also had to go out of town. So eventually, the moderators for this Facebook group did some investigating and found out that her number, uh, as registered on Facebook, actually was owned by another registered member of the group who never really engaged with the commentary. And so when they approached said person, he deleted not only his personal account and the fake account, but there was a third account that nobody was even aware of that he also deleted. So we all kind of got duped by this, but it hit very close to home. And That's- you, you and I were talking about Facebook the other day. And what were you saying about Facebook? And your accounts in particular. Perfect segue, Bob. So I deleted my own personal account going on a year and a half ago. No regrets. But then, as luck would have it, client X comes along and says, hey. Wait, did you just mention work? The thoughts and opinions of Bob and Kevin. Of the Bob and Kevin show are exclusively the thoughts of Bob and Kevin. And not the thoughts of their employers. Past, present, and probably not future. We need you to do a Facebook app for us. And of course, I'm like, okay, well, that's interesting. I don't have Facebook anymore. So what do I do? I, I go with the intent to sign up a work account. And when I attempt to do so, Facebook's, you know, gives you the, the hand. And it's basically like, nope, you have to be a real person to sign up. You can't sign up as a work account. You can't sign up as a business entity. You have to sign up as Kevin. And I'm like, uh, so... Begrudgingly, I'm like, okay, let me sign in here. Use my work email. Okay, blah, blah, blah. And I get in there and I'm finally in there. Great, no problems. Well, turns out um, we went a different direction with this Facebook app. I didn't actually do it. But of course, the whole time I'm going, you know, if somebody searches me on Facebook, they're going to find me and they're going to be like, oh, that he's such a hypocrite. He got back on Facebook and that's uh-huh. totally not the case. <laughs> so I didn't even like, think of that one. <laughs> so, you know, like, People are probably thinking, oh, he just he just unfriended, you know, whatever people think these days, you know, with friending and unfriending. Right. So I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah, that's not what happened. And so just out of curiosity, um, because I started getting emails from Facebook on this work account, like, okay, no problem. Uh, Let me go unsubscribe. So I hit the button and takes you to a Facebook login says you must be logged in to unsubscribe. I'm like, you fuckers. You know, okay, You know, how many how many websites? You don't have to do this. Okay, whatever. I'll play the game. I'll try to log. I log in and I get the, this account has been disabled. I'm like, oh, well, hmm, that's weird. Maybe he's autocorrect in my Chrome credentials, used my old username login for my personal account that I had. Let me, let me try this again. Well, I try it like three times and I keep getting this disabled page. And then I click on the troubleshooting and the troubleshooting is like, you violated one of these things. Basically, long story short, you're not a real person or you use whatever, whatever. And so, you know, I appreciate that they're like, okay, you know, they're sticking to their policy, but I click on the recover account. And what do I need to do to recover this account? Should I want to have this work account work for me? And they want me to upload a government ID. And that that's so I'm sketchy. Like, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Of course, the default, if you read their fine text, is we're going to keep your ID for a year so you can help us with fake ID detection. Click here to opt out or change your settings. It's like, oh, my God, how many settings are there at Facebook? And how many of these are not actually real settings? You know, they're just like a placebo setting. Yeah, apparently when I click this, I'm it's doing what I want it to. But, you know, really, it's not. But I I ended up not recovering this account because... Um, I don't want to give Facebook an ID. I, spoiler alert. I don't trust Facebook. And, <laughs> no. um, and speaking of segues, Bob, what happened over the recent weeks here at Facebook? Well, actually that is a killer segue, even though I wanted to punk on our other friends first. Uh, apparently they had, you might have to help me out with the number. Was it 600 million? Um, I believe, <laughs> for starters, because it was not only Facebook, but also Instagram, but it was mostly Facebook Lite, which is the developing country version of Facebook. 
um, they apparently were logging everyone's passwords um, in coming clear in. text, though, right? Yeah. So this actually happened with Twitter not that long ago. And I got an email from Twitter saying they did the exact same thing, which is it goes like this. Hey, guys, wouldn't it be great if we could log all requests coming to our server and the payloads? And everyone goes, yeah, that's cool. We'll have these cool dashboards and needles and like metrics and charts and shit. And everyone's like, yeah, that'd be great. And then um, lo and behold, that they don't realize a post for logging in or changing your password. The payload is all plain text by the time it gets to the logging software. And so Facebook is the king or queen of this because they did this for seven years. Claim that... Claim that it's an oops, a total oversight, if you want to believe that. And apparently there are 9 million queries against the logs where it would have returned these data, this data accessible to apparently 20,000 Facebook employees. Apparently anyone can have access to anything at Facebook. It's, you know, a thing there. And they have somehow determined that nobody used it for nefarious reasons. And I don't know how you can determine that. Well, before we get to the... Before we get to the crazy shit that they did <laughs> once this became known. So Twitter, we referenced that, that they had the same issue not that long ago. Would that not one single person of the 20,000 Facebook employees, no one said, hey, are we doing something similar to this? And should we probably look at it to make sure that we're not? Apparently not. And even if so, I think Facebook has proven they have a culture of catch and kill any bad press coming out. Remind everyone how much they get paid and how much they stand to lose if they become a whistleblower and bleed blue. So I think that's the culture problem you're up against. (sighs) Yeah, and this is all part of that whole Black Mirror prequel that we're living in real time. Because so the leak, we have no idea when the leak actually happened, do we? Um, or, yeah, or, they they said they self-discovered this, I think, in January. So they self-discovered in January. And if I'm not mistaken, GDPR has a 72-hour requirement for reporting, correct? Yeah, once you determine something like this has happened, you have 72 hours, according to GDPR rules, to... The clock starts. Once you discover, you have 72 hours to come clean with... Um, with the public and the people who it affects. So the leading question here is, Kevin, why didn't Facebook announce this in January when they discovered it less than three days after they discovered it? Well, Bob, that's a great question. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if we could just say, well, we get to decide when the 72 hours starts. And then you but don't have to worry do, about 72 hours, I guess. But why do they get to say that? Because they're because the big they're, white they're Facebook. Exactly. So, so I think, because um, this had to have gone all the way up to Zuckerberg. Don't tell me that Zuckerberg is going to play, or Sh- or Sheryl Sandberg, the chief operations officer, didn't know about this. So With clearly those kind they of numbers, were, sure she did. Yeah, clearly they're trying um, to to posture and figure out what's going on here. So what I've noticed is Facebook has turned into a quasi political organization with how do we handle bad press? How do we spin it our way? Now I can't fault them for that, but I also think they are starting to play us for fools. And I think, I think just maybe the general public is starting to wake up to that. But wait, you cited um, an article after we were discussing this about the general public's consensus on cybersecurity, right? Yeah, so CNN had an article, or no, it was Forbes, I think. It was Forbes. Yeah, Let it was get Forbes. That right. Forbes had an article basically like, you know what, stuff like this proves that the general public doesn't give a shit. And, or right. they're not Be- smart enough to know the implications of these things. And I, I agree with both things. I, I think if you ask Joe User about this, of uh, hey, what do you think of Facebook logging your plain text password, they'll go, what's plain text mean? And shouldn't they know my password? But at the same time, I'm definitely part of the problem because I know what that means. And I know that I should be concerned about it. But I pretty much as regular listeners of the show know, 
I, I, I pretty much live under the premise that my data is not private. So, but that's you, but think about all the naughty pictures that get put on Facebook. Think about all of the actual real celebrities or government officials who are actually talking to each other on a platform. They shouldn't be, but they're doing it out of sheer convenience, paging Jared Kushner, WhatsApp. Um, <laughs> so, so what I'm getting at is, is okay. Wouldn't it be weird if, if um, weird or likely that some bad actor at Facebook figured this out or got wind of this, got passwords and started just offering them to people off out of Facebook and say, hey, somebody who's works at TMZ or somebody who works at whatever, here's the password. You can just log in. You don't even have to hack the account. Just log in. Here's the password. Right. And that and that could be like you could plant all kinds of rogue posts just randomly and not in great volume. Uh, and that kind of ties back into, you know, catfish at a local level where there's fake accounts, but they could be real accounts that just have bogus stuff posted to them. Most people don't look at their own wall to see what's been posted. Well, yeah, because I haven't used Facebook in a while, but what's the use case of seeing your own stuff? Right. There I never really go to my own. One, right. Yeah. No, I never go to my own page. That's just crazy. So, so I know it's a tinfoil hat to say, oh, they're 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 trying their best. They don't, they're not trying to do these things, Kevin. But you know what? They have a corporate responsibility, and and then and there's a word for that. It's called fiduciary responsibility, because they do know better, and they are charged with uh, safeguarding all of these things for all these reasons, and as a security person minded person when they want me to take them serious on x and then they come at me with y which is logging passwords and trying to cover it up i don't i don't give them any benefit of any doubts any longer yeah but they don't have a fiduciary responsibility to their users really they have a fiduciary responsibility to their advertisers and their stakeholders so that's like a whole you know like, what yeah, go ahead. You are absolutely right. And I stand corrected. And that, that thank you for that jump off point, because that's where I think here in America, at least, and probably the world in general, I think governments, the ones who, who should be caring about oversights on some of these things, have no flipping clue because it's the fox guarding the hen house. We, I saw an analogy where it's they were talking about Google or somebody. It's like... You know, Google's like watching a game of pickup basketball in the neighborhood where you call your own fouls. It's like, well, you, that works to a point, but you guys have you know, such influence and resources over the entire world. Calling your own fouls anymore is just not going to work. Right. And that's what we're talking about. I mean, we're not talking about a handful of users. We're talking about millions and millions actually counted in billions of users around the globe somebody's got to step up and stop this or or we already are the next season of black mirror they should Google. do they should do Google. a prequel uh season of that and talk about stuff that's going on right now and how it turned into that stuff totally so google facebook twitter amazon uh microsoft they know how influential Alibaba, they know how influential they are to the world. They see it in their accounting department all the time. Apple, you too. So, you know, playing dumb and going, oh, our fault. Yeah, well, we didn't mean to do that. No problems. That, that just doesn't, that just doesn't sit with me. But what you're right, or yeah, you're absolutely right about people like me and give yourself some credit. You understand the problem. There's very few of us. There's very few of us that can read a headline and go, oh, I know what that means <laughs> versus what what Facebook wants you to think it means. I mean, general user is going to go, well, whatever Facebook says, that's what happened. And that's good for me. Yeah, but OK, so think about this. You think about the general Facebook user and you kind of alluded to, you know, there's those of us who kind of can read things and, and see what the tea leaves are telling us. But we're talking about a population of general users who on you can almost set your watch to it will repost 
that silly thing that says, I'm posting this because there's a new law that's coming out that says if I don't post this, Facebook can use all my content without my permission. Wait, and it's is like, that a thing? Yes. It's like a, it, it's like an ever-cycling cy- chain letter that shows up on people's wall okay. posts. It's, it's just your flavor of the week chain letter. Right, post. but it comes, it keeps coming over and over and over again. And so we have a bunch of users on Facebook who will post that and think that's real, but not see this tragic reality that they actually are partaking in every single day. I hate to say it, but Facebook's guiding, like, well, I don't know, what is it, company principle or mantra? They, they're, they want to connect people. I think, I think there's a threat in that anymore because we're putting the bunch so many people together we have things like new zealand happen where you can live stream and um we have a bunch of chain i mean there's at some point we maybe we need less community we need people to be a little bit fractured i i know it sounds totally i don't know what it sounds not good but (laughs) putting all of our eggs in one social basket isn't working well i don't think so Well, here's the bridge to the next topic, because I think it is just a matter of time. And Facebook has already dabbled with this. And I don't know if they have original content that Facebook is doing, but what happens when Facebook gets into the original content realm that our friends at Apple had their major announcement about today? I mean, is that something that you see coming? Because YouTube has done it. Uh, Amazon has done it. Apple has now done it. When is Facebook going to get on that train? Well, as soon as they can hire another N thousand number of people to continue the Facebook machine. So um, I think we, the ship has already sailed where the federal U.S. federal government should have blocked the WhatsApp and the Instagram acquisition by Facebook. And I don't see anyone in Washington seeing a problem with Facebook taking on yet another industry. We just had Google take on the, the game industry. Again, why does Google need to have their hands in so many cookie jars? Uh, so I know we're talking about Facebook here and Apple. Um, I'm, I, I fear that we haven't learned any lessons in Washington, D.C. And I don't think there is anything stopping them, Bob. Right. And so let's talk about, so you've got your antitrust laws. You've got your, you know, you can't monopolize things. But if you have an Amazon and if you have a YouTube and you have an Apple then in theory, Facebook could acquire a proprietary content network. They could start providing their own, you know, uh, specific content. And they, there'd be a wide range of competition there. So that, that's not going to get blocked. Fair point. Um, I, so it's really a question of conglomerates because there's, so Alphabet, which owns Google and I'm, a bunch of things. They have a conglomerate of industries. And from one perspective, it's diversified assets. From another perspective, it's there's one hand or a sh- small amount of hands that control a large amount of gross domestic product. So I don't know what the antitrust laws say. And you're right. You know, if, if we have more original content studios, you know, isn't that a good thing? And I would say yes, but when we start, mer- maybe we're in a new era of, maybe it's not called monopoly anymore. Maybe we call it something else where tech companies are too strong and they can influence an entire culture from a boardroom. I think that's the fear. Well, does something like Apple getting into this game and we've got Amazon, we've got Netflix and they're actually cranking out really good content. Does that, does that jeopardize like the showtimes and the HBOs and the stars of the world? Like probably you got to imagine they might vanish eventually. Right. I think Netflix recently said our competition isn't HBO. Sorry, game of Thrones. It's video games Uh, because that's, what's pulling their demographic. Uh, You know, that's, what's really competing for, for eyeballs time. It's, it's video, it's Fortnite, which is, single-handedly basically turning us into a one game (laughs) society that's pretty interesting though because i would think that that netflix competition would be hulu and prime for sure and now apple i think uh, netflix looks at hulu and 
in uh, Amazon Prime as ants and Netflix is the boot and the boot has no quarrel with the ants. I think it's that far of a gulf. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So now that we've mentioned all these other original content divider- providers at nauseum, uh, so Apple threw their hat in the ring today with their Apple TV Plus, which their naming is terrible. Um, but that, that aside, do we need more original content providers? Well, real quick trivia question. What do you call their latest phone, Bob? Oh, I don't know because I don't own it. Uh, it's the iPhone XR. Okay. And I was, S- that's what I was going at. Is it the XR or the 10R? And I bet I've you if you ask the, Well, I think officially it's 10R and 10S. But if you ask Joe Consumer, what are they saying? They it's might like say, calling it OS 10 or right. OS X. Yeah, you I know? think they're doing OS You'll X. You'll get yeah. scolded. You'll get scolded if you call it OS X, but it's really OS 10 for the last decade. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Sorry, side tangent there. Um, we were talking about Apple TV Plus... Um, did you have a question? What do I think? Okay, sure. Thanks for the question, Bob. Yeah. So do we need, do we need another, (laughs) do we need another original content provider subscription platform? Well, it, it can't hurt. It just depends on who's running it, I guess, in order for me to be consistent with the Facebook thing. So if you look at Apple, they do hardware, but I think they've reached point of saturation with devices. You, you can only sell so many devices to so many people, even when you have this crazy no repair strategy and, and always upgrade strategy. So if you look at hardware, there's tons of cost, right? So getting doubling down on their digital download business makes tons of sense if you're an accountant or an investor, because there's very little overhead. And there's plenty to gain. Um, So it's great for Apple. I don't know if it's good for Joe user. I guess Amazon content, I don't know. Do you do do Prime Originals? I do. And I enjoy them. Okay. But here's my beef. Here's my beef with all this original content provider platforms. The idea was, is that, hey, user, you're going to cut the cable. So the price of cable subscriptions and things like that, they're just outrageous. Whether you've got Dish or, you know, land-based cable, you know, it's nickel and dime. The contracts start out at some introductory rate and then they go up, you know, by 100% in the next three years kind of thing. So the whole process was, all right, everybody cut the cable and we're going to have these low-cost subsets of content that are supposed to really be specific to the end user. So you pay a fraction of the price, but then it's like, look, you can only get part of that content here, part of that content over here, and another part of that content over here. So if you want to get all that content, you're paying for multiple subscriptions, and all of a sudden you're back to the price of having cable. And what is the Venn diagram of same content across five of these platforms? You know, it's like, well, it's a microscopic dot. Well, it, yes, ish, but I could see where you can get this movie on a lot of the same platforms. So I feel like I'm double paying for the same content over and over and over. And at some point I may not actually own it, depending on the licensing. So I do Apple TV right now, iTunes, um, and we have a hundred and some movies, you know, it's great. I like the quality and all that, but I hate the idea that I've had to rebuy the same movies over and over and over you know, first on VHS, showing our age here. <laughs> next on DVD, next on Blu-ray, now on the cloud version. And for some reason, I've bought the same thing over and over and over. So I I know there are smart people out there to go, you know what, how about we centralize the movie back to the future so Bob can only pay for it once. But you know what, that's bad for business. So right. I'm not going to let that happen. And so the system is stacked against us for all this. And I think so long as the consumer is not getting that sort of thing, we're just going to, we're just beholden to whatever the money people tell us we're going to get. So I want to bring up a controversial topic from the Apple launch today. And this is my question to you. I'm pretty sure that Apple doesn't need Oprah. So am I to understand that Oprah is needing money from Apple? Because 
at one point in time, I thought Oprah could pretty much buy Apple. <laughs> I did not read that into that to that level. Oprah is a show business person. And when you're a show business person, I would think that you want you want to be on screen. You want to be that person. So, you know, call it ego, call it what you will. Um, she said something about it's nice to have be in a place where there's a billion devices in people's pockets. Or yeah, I threw up on my said. mouth a little bit when she said that, but I understood where she was going after she got there. <laughs> so Apple's done great to create a distribution platform. And if you, you know, want to want to continue being celebrity and whatnot, you go where the distribution is because that's where your face will show up. So I don't know that she's hard up for money. I, I didn't. I didn't glean that, but now you got me thinking. Well, no, I'm just trying to figure out why those two would get into bed with each other. I get it. it it's a mm. win for her because of the, the million or the billion devices. But what does Apple get out of it? Yeah, I saw a few celebrities there. Um, so what, is it, what does Apple get out of it? Oh, just a celebrity endorsing our crap again. Yeah, but is, and, she, is she on the rise or is she on the fall? I don't know that. She, I think she's probably plateaued, but it's a really tall plateau. Let me tell you, you know, I, she's Oprah. Does she still have Harpo? Does Harpo Studios still exist or is now Apple so. going to be she, your Harpo Studios? No, she's got her own TV network called own or something. Does she and still have it? I, oh my gosh. Damn it. I, we need I'm interns. Not a, I'm not a card carrying Oprah Winfrey fan club member, <laughs> but um, if only we had this um, web of data that we could pulling, just simply click on things. Pulling it up right now. It's the official, it is own TV. So apparently you're a little bit more of a fanboy than I am. Uh, don't hate. Well, okay. So this is like original programming from Oprah. So what I don't understand, is this a partnership with own and? Well, if, if I'm Oprah, I've got people that are saying, look, they want you to be the the face of this, and here's how how we can take advantage of that, and why not? You know, I'm I'm sure I'm sure it's a win win on both sides. I'm sure of it. I'm sure it is too. I just it just when they were teasing like the voice of, but I really hoped it was going to be Morgan Freeman because that seemed like it'd be perfect. <laughs> and then it was Oprah, and honestly, I was quite disappointed. <laughs> well. Yeah, I, I don't. So of of all the things that they talked about today, um, the one thing that stood out to me was the Apple credit card. Did you read much up on this? Uh, just some tweets that I saw. I was going to actually bridge over to that, too. And that's also like that's straight out of a Black Mirror episode for me. Like this is that ubiquity of device that everyone's only going to have that pink phone and that pink phone is going to be an Apple device. And ah, I'm so afraid. Yeah. Well, so they're, they're, the card, so there's a physical card. It has no uh, name, or it might have a name, but it has no expiration date, it has no card number. So those two things are gone, which I, if you think about it, it's like, yeah, why does a card have those? You and I are old enough to remember the carbon copy thing where you put it in the, the actual physical card and you have to slide it, ka-chunk, ka-chunk, and then there, you get a carbon copy of it. Okay. Which, so should have our, been, which should have been the heyday for identity theft, and I cannot believe that it wasn't. <laughs> Well, maybe it was and just not report. Who knows? Anyway, so so I don't think we need an embossed credit card anymore. So I'll give Apple that. We don't even need the name on it, though. What happens if if you and I bump into each other and, you know, uh, hopefully it's got a name on it. <laughs> you know, and the classic movie trope where we grab the wrong briefcase and, you know, <laughs> we go on to our holiday trip. Anyway, so so there's the credit card. And so you get 2% cash back on any purchase with Apple Pay. Ooh. And they I like they the sound of 2% cash back. Yeah. They immediately give it to you as cash as soon as the transaction happens, which immediately I'm like fraud alert, you know, let me go buy something for $1,000, I'll take my 2% and then return and then, it. And then return it, you know, but I'll, in the meantime I'm going to spend that, you know, whatever. I mean, you could probably only do that a few times before they get wise, but still if you uh, make a purchase, I think with iTunes, you get 3% cash back or any Apple product, something like that, Apple Store. And then it goes down to 1% if you use the physical card. So, wow, so they're okay. encouraging you to not use the physical card. Yes. So the weird part I got from this is 
is Apple Pay is a means to pay. It isn't getting into banking. There isn't a balance you owe Apple with Apple Pay. However, comma, with an Apple card, they're getting into banking, meaning you rack up 10 grand of credit card debt. You now owe the man and they're going to charge interest. I feel really slimy that Apple decided, you know what, guys, this is how we're going to diversify by because let's be honest, is a credit card a good way to ruin a lot of people's credit? You betcha it is. So and it's truly a credit card. It's not a bank card that's tied to your existing account. It's a credit card. Yes. Ooh. And I, I read somewhere, I don't know if Goldman Sachs is backing it. So there's a financial institution backing them. But I was just like, really, Apple? We getting into the whole sliminess of banking and credit and collections and all this. And oh, by the way, you're the ones who sell these overpriced MacBook Pros with the shitty keyboards. And now people are going to use your car. You know, to get three percent back. Hell yeah, we are. (laughs) (laughs) So Apple's been offering financing though for decades. So I mean, it's really just an extension of their financing arm. Well, so GMAC was like General Motors financing, right? So I don't know if Apple's financing is through Apple finance or whatever. Oh, true. It could be third party. Hey, we're yeah, yeah. We're partnering with Bank of America, whatever, whatever. So and they're kind of doing that here with the credit card thing, but I don't know. I thought Apple Pie. Apple, apple pie. Oh, Freudian slip. Tapple. <laughs> Tim, uh, apple, Tim apple pie. <laughs> Tapple. <laughs> so I thought Apple Pay was innovative, you know, and it's like, okay, that's that's a good idea. But I think with this Apple card thing, I'm, and then they pair it with this digital download thing. What I, what screamed at me today was, holy crap, we have lost all of our momentum to just make and print money at will and now we need to kind of turn to more traditional grinded out consumer low low risk for us you know higher risk for you know the consumer but stuff but it's also putting their hand in every facet of our daily lives it's back that to that too. black mirror episode bullshit Ugh. this is terrible <laughs> So if we can't call it monopoly because the antitrust laws are basically, you know, saying, well, diversifying isn't monopolized. Is there a new word we need to coin here on the Bob and Kevin show that would represent some a company that has just too much reach well, you, into it should be anti ubiquity law. Ooh, I like it. Like you shouldn't be able to have a hand in every aspect of someone's daily lives. You can't. I don't know if I could spell that word though. Ubiquity. I think it's u well, u b i q u i t y ubiquity. Uh, right. Interns. Yep. I would have to type it out and see if I get any red squigglies, but I I I, I believe you. All right, go on, go on. <laughs> well, no, I was just spelling it. You have, you were making a point about it. you couldn't spell it, but I mean, if if it's touching every facet of your life. I mean, that's, that's worse than a monopoly. That is... Well, I, isn't there a, a business word for this? Isn't this called vertical? Like vertical scaling? Like when you, when you go through all these different layers as opposed to a horizontal. I guess horizontal is where antitrust um, would step in because if you own an entire layer, you monopolize. There's low competition on that layer. However, when you, when you now go vertical... Is there already a word for this? Because this is what I'm kind of thinking. Well, there, every company's dream is to 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 live that vertical dream where you have a product line, product offering or product line for every facet of someone's individual life. And there is no, I don't believe there's legislation against that. But eventually, let's say that you have three ubiquitous companies: you have Google, you have Apple, and you have Amazon. Because eventually I think Facebook's going to get gobbled up by one of them because Mark's going to just punt. But so you have three, but then what happens when there's two? Like, you know, eventually there'll be that attrition. And then if there's one, then how do you break that up? I'm so glad you just reminded me of something. iCloud, uh, Dropbox, Box, and all the others. If you were to upload one terabyte of bullshit into iCloud, what's the likelihood of you switching cloud providers for your storage at some point, Bob? Never. Because why? Pain in the ass factor? 
Yeah, because <laughs> go ahead and try to download a terabyte of shit yeah. on today's internet to some sort of medium and then re-upload it to Dropbox or download it from Dropbox and move it to iCloud. So what we get is these vendor lock-ins on these piece of shit little side things. Like, you're not on Apple products because of iCloud, but you know what? You're not going to leave Apple because of iCloud, right? <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Because it's too much of a pain in the ass. Once you get in their ecosystem, they get their hooks into you. And there's no law that's going to save you from, well, Bob, you uploaded a terabyte of family photos. And then Comcast is so slow that it's just going to frustrate you to no end to try to download those time out half the time. And then, oh, by the way, you got to now somehow upload, which is even slower over here to Dropbox. And you're going to never, ever, ever want to do that again and probably give up halfway on the first attempt nope. anyway. Ain't, right? Ain't nobody got time for that thank you for reminding me of yet another way these companies lock your ass in uh, this is i sometimes depressing i, I know, get right? really depressed <laughs> talking this through yeah because i mean this is a path that that we're already on and there's no stopping this train huh? Th there's not in fact i'm on cloud provider x for my audio video documents and whatnot and I get to thinking, oh, my God, this UI sucks. But you know what? What am I going to do? Am I going to just literally try to download all this and find another one and kick the bucket over there? And no, I don't want to do that. I just I just want to go walk the dogs. I don't want to have to download a terabyte of shit over the course of however many nights that is and re-upload it. And I just don't want to. And And so... That's a me problem, but yeah. Oh, you know what grinds my gears, baby boy? Uh, everything we've been talking about today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and one more thing. <laughs> Why do we call iTunes iTunes still? It has nothing to do with music anymore, or at least it has some, but almost nothing. It's, it's what should we, what should they call it? Well, they see, need it's to call funny because I call it Apple Music because I don't really ever use iTunes. But I guess oh, I have a desktop yeah. app called iTunes but I guess I always think of it as Apple Music. Yeah, why do they have iTunes and Apple Music and Apple Podcasts? And the App Store. And the App Store. They need to clean so, some of that up. Yeah, Miss, Mr. and Mrs. Minimalistic Company Apple, come on. So they do have something that they announced today called, was Apple TV app? Or they kind of alluded to there would be a Apple TV app or something. So like... I was trying to figure out, okay, I'm an, I'm, we are both Apple TV owners, the little hockey puck, if you don't know. If oh, it's a great thing. I would say it's one of the best I love, things to plug into. I love mine. I, <laughs> out of all of Apple products, I think the Apple TV is my favorite. Like, the current gen is great. We're such hypocrites. Um, We're such hypocrites. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm a multi-ecosystem uh, family, mostly, mostly out of, I don't know, spite. My wife's an iPhone user, full disclosure. I am an Android. Anyway, point is, is they made it sound like there's going to be a future all-in-one video sort of app, and it didn't sound like you needed a hockey puck. I think that just might be a convenience item going forward. Well, what do you think? then how would you run... So is the theory would be that they would come up with Apple TVs, actual TV screens? No, I, I think the idea is... is not only would you have iTunes app store, you would also have Apple TV app that you, it would be your, your MacBooks Netflix app, well, right. it would be your client. But how do I put it on my TV is what I'm saying. Uh, you know, that was unclear to me too. I, I think it might be just a, a new software update for your Apple TV to, to have this Apple TV plus subscription. Right. I, you know, but you'd you can still have, have like the a Hulu physical, app and you'd all still that. have the physical hockey puck then. I just wonder if the yeah. we're I mean we're already on this path as well that all TVs will be smart TVs and they will have an Apple TV app that will run on every smart TV. Hey, a uh, little bit, bit of experience here for me. I I spent more than a thousand dollars maybe five years ago on a air quote smart TV with a bunch of shit built in. After a month or two of having that at home, you realize that it's got like a half a gig of RAM and it's really slow and the firmware is never updated and shit just don't work. I will never go that route again. I will, I will 
easily use a Roku or an Apple TV and hook it to a giant ass TV of my choice and upgrade the guts, which is the puck as needed and totally decouple it from my TV. I'm putting my stake in the ground right now. CES next year, Apple televisions. Like physical TVs built in iOS? Physical TVs with the iOS, oh. yeah. All right, so it's March 25th, 2019 uh, to officially get it on the calendar. So let me describe this TV, Bob. So it'll be a great TV. It'll be super sleek, amazing UI. And in two years, it will just uh, no longer support the current version of iOS. Something built in will break and it can't be fixed uh, by a third party. And we'll just create a pile of e-waste at my local recycling place because Apple will give me $10 for this 40-inch television that weighs 60 pounds that I can't send, you know. Anyway, that so that's what I think this TV is. That sounds a lot like last week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little jaded here. Bob, what do you think will be in the TV? <laughs> no, I think it'll be an amazing piece of hardware. And if I was designing it, it would synchronize with uh, the Apple Home pods, the they're their smart speakers so then you could have uh your tv audio throughout the house with your apples did they're still making those right uh i hope so no because they're not no that say. old no say <laughs> let's i don't see. know you know what while you're looking at that what do you think of airpods i think they look like cigarettes hanging out of people's ears what do you think well i, I saw a tweet i'm not gonna lie um and I get it. Uh, they, the batteries, you can't change the batteries. So they're going to be garbage, you know, in two years because the batteries will go bad. I, I believe you're referencing Scott Hanselman's rant I today. Am, I am. Wow, he, was, he was on fire today. He was, and he was spot on. He was. He showed a picture of a uh, tip ring sleeve connector, also known as a three and a half millimeter yes. <laughs> audio jack. Um, and, and, kind of was being snarky about Apple will uh, reintroduce this maybe next year as new technology. And he had a lot of good points about how you wake up one day and Apple's decided this thing that's worked for years and years and years has now been replaced by this proprietary thing. And now you have to rebuy everything. And there was really nothing wrong with the first one to begin with. What do you, how do you feel? <laughs> I feel like shit. Yeah. I get really bummed about the whole headphone connector. Um, they are still selling HomePods, by the way. So I don't know who owns mm. them, but they're still selling them. That's amazing. All right, Bob, what did we miss? I don't know, man. I think we covered pretty good gamut. We came in with three things. I think we talked about four-ish, and uh, I think we I think we held the task. I'm proud of us today. Yeah, I think we... I think so, too. Sorry, Facebook. Not sorry. No, fuck <laughs> them. We're not apologizing to any of those companies. They're shitty, and, and they're Apple, shitting on us. Yep, fuck them all. And Apple's a character of a, a company. Their, their, their thing was so scripted today, like it is every time. I just, I had a puke bucket next to me just in case. They're getting worse because it feels like they're not practicing enough. I mean, it looks like they're reading cue cards or prompters. Yeah, it, it, there's a disconnect. There's no genuine. It's, it's rich people, rich hipsters in Silicon Valley telling us that shit on a cracker tastes good and how much it costs and where I can buy one. Tim, like, okay. Tim was doing okay, but the in-between people, mm, 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 they just seemed very unrehearsed. <laughs> Here's what you say, <laughs> and then we'll send you the check for saying that. Well, but it's even their own engineers, though, like the bridge in between people that, you know, talked to the celebrities. They're just so awkward. Yeah, it's kind of like the, hey, guys, I know how we can connect with Joe user. We'll get Sam or Sally from engineering over here to read cue cards and people will think, wow, they're real people, too. <laughs> and then we'll just be like, nah, nope, <laughs> I don't think so. All right, Bob, one last piece of business and it's I'm going to bring the ubiquitous lightning. 